This is the Barrel Racer's Edge podcast. Whether you're training your first maturity horse, putting the finish on your current barrel horse, or maintaining a seasoned rodeo horse, we're here to give you that extra edge in the arena and in life. The Barrel Racer's Edge podcast is a show that digs a little deeper into the things that are going to get and keep you and your barrel horse at the top of your game. We're going to be chatting about everything from saddle fit to checking your brain at the gate, conditioning to working on answering that age-old question of train or pain. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's dig in. Hey guys, so today I'm sitting down with Marion Hutton and we're going to be chatting a little bit about what her biggest teachers have been to get her to doing the work that she now does today. Um, so welcome, Mary, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so maybe we could start off with um, sharing a bit about what the work is that you do right now, and then maybe we'll get into some of the biggest teaching moments or areas that you've had to bring you to where you are today. Sure. So I have a small um, practice in my home um, based on Eden Energy Medicine, which is a program um, Donna Eden created. And um, it's a four-year certification program. And I'm currently trying to complete my fourth year, but due to COVID, I haven't been able to get back down to California. Um, So each each, uh, session is individual. It's based on each person's needs. And so when you first come in, I spend a lot of time uh, balancing the body and grounding you and kind of reconnecting you with your body. And over time, um, we work with all the nine energy systems and uh, with the goal of having you feel more centered, um, more grounded and um, just stronger and feeling more uh, confident. And I also am incorporating a program called Esagetics, which um, works with um, using colored lights, so different frequencies and crystals um, that we use right on the skin. And the goal of that is to um, allow the different frequencies to do some healing in the body. And so the light is reinforcing and um, uh, sort of recalibrating where necessary um sending new information into the system Mm, i also pull in all my background of reiki and um, shamanic work and uh, many of the other courses that i've taken um Mm -hmm. so clients that come in weekly monthly uh, bi-monthly awesome yeah and i'm one of those And I'm loving the, uh, well, all the things, but the lights and the crystals that you have been working with and the Synapse machine has been really cool lately. That's been really neat. So powerful. I can't wait to bring it to horses with you. Yeah, that works <laughs> on brainwaves. And yes, just like in energy medicine, my ultimate goal is to also um, start working with horses with these modalities because they're so mm-hmm. powerful. Subtle. Yeah, and the horses are so sensitive to it. It's so neat. Awesome. Well, yeah, today we wanted to talk a little bit also about um, 
what your biggest teachers have been in your life? You know, when we look back, you've had several careers to get you to where you Mm -hmm. are now. And so I always find it so interesting to look back on life experience and kind of pick out those huge teaching moments. So maybe you could go over when we were kind of getting ready for this, you, you found that there were three primary um, teachers in your life or teaching moments in your life. Could you kind of talk about them a bit? Sure. Um, Well, I would always say that the grade ones that I taught for many years were my biggest teachers because they actually taught me how to teach children and not use a guidebook, but actually (laughs) how they need to learn. So I'm, um, and even my whole career, 40 years, I always had grade ones somewhere in my day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to say that uh, grade one, grade ones are um they're like horses they're amazing teachers and i think gave me a wonderful foundation of actually um paying attention to curriculum but um not letting the curriculum run the show but letting each child or each group of children um be the uh, determining factors of how you teach something so, because so. It, our listeners might not know, but you actually, your first career was in education. Is yes, right? I was a grade one teacher for many years and a grade one, two. And then I taught at the university level. And then I became, um, I went into the area of special ed in learning assistance, which is a whole other paradigm of education. And so did another degree. So I have a master's and a bachelor's of education. Then I have um, diplomas in special ed Um And so that was uh, learning how to write individual education programs. So that Mm -hmm. my master's was in curriculum for young children. And so then was another piece of um, learning how to specifically write programs for each individual. That the techniques I learned from that have been lifelong skills Mm -hmm. that I apply to just about everything because you become very focused, very detail oriented, learn how to take data, summarize and analyze. So it's Mm -hmm. a good skill. And it's been really helpful when we've been creating this uh, new program that we have going, the Barrel Racers Edge. We've been picking your brain a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've had horses since my art association with horses since a kid but in my 20s I rode a lot and then it kind of went because my career kind of um, blossomed I ended up not getting back to spending much time with horses till about 1995 and when my daughter started to become interested in riding and at that time I would work on her horse I was starting to do energy work with her trainer on horses which led me into doing Reiki and then Reiki for horses and um, so we had a beautiful time for 10 years with her horse and, uh, you know, uh, going to shows and competing. And um, then her horse um, got sick. We had ended up with a longer time traveling to a show because of a wildfire and uh, grass fire. So um, the horse colicked and uh, they ended up doing, you know, whatever they needed to do, tubing him and everything. And Everyone was saying, oh, he's fine. He's going to be fine. But he told me, which I'll never forget that day because I hadn't really heard him before, but said, I'm dying. And so I kind of mm-hmm. lost it. My husband said, oh, no, he'll be fine. He's going to be fine. And I thought, okay. And I went back and for the next uh, three months, he did, he actually ended up winning at that show. But mm-hmm. um, over the next couple of months, every time I'd go out there and I'd talk to him, he would say, I'm still dying. And so... so 
sorry, when you say that, maybe you could share a bit about like, what does that show up like for you? Is it like he, like he's actually talking to you? Is it a voice that you hear? Well, I would, you know, I, one of the things that horses taught me is to do a hookup, um, a connection between their withers and their croup. And they taught me that. And so when I'd be holding him, um, I would get this voice that would just say, yeah, I'm still dying. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Because I had between the time that he was first sick in, in Red Deer to the time when he died in Oct early October, I did have five bets look at him and he wasn't, you know, showing clinical signs other than me hearing that. So it kind of was hard that here I am hearing this and this is my horse and our horse. And I know him, you know, energetically, I know how, what his feeling and senses are like, like you, all of you horse owners know your horse. So I know that all of the vets had good intentions and did their best, but it wasn't until uh, he called again in early October and we took him to the vet and Grant Scott, he was sent to Grant Scott and Grant spent about two hours with him. And he said, meanwhile, he's already told me, he said, cause I said, oh, I'm retiring in December. And he said, I'm not gonna be here. I can't tell anybody yeah. this story because I didn't <laughs> look like a lunatic. But Grant Scott said, um, after observing him for two hours, said, I think this horse has sand colic, which I'm not, he said it's very uncommon in Alberta and BC, but because he had worked in California and Florida, he said he knew. So what sand colic is when they actually gave him the operation, they took out what they call an entrolith, mm -hmm. which was the size of a grapefruit. And it was like a stone mm -hmm. and it was heavy. Mm -hmm. And um, so they, unfortunately, he died 12 hours later of colitis. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, a good effort was put forth to keep him. But I think the message that I got and the reason I say horses were my second biggest um, or in the top three um, teachers is because he taught me to trust and listen to my intuition. Mm -hmm. um, that we all have that voice that starts with our guts and the course I'm taking right now in German um, esegetics is that we actually do get the first hit in our brain and the gut brain, and then that transmits up to the brain. But we've been taught, or we've, it's been um, not uh, something that we are really alerted to. It's kind of that sixth sense that we have pushed down. Mm -hmm. So I think that was what the whole event of, of Chico, there was a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas in there. I don't blame anybody. I think it was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. It was very clear what he told me. And he, and so from there, from that lesson, I pursued more Reiki, more touch for health, healing touch, animal communication. Um, and then I signed up for Dave's course, which is where I met Tiffany. Mm -hmm. and, the BC uh, College of Equine Therapy in Canada. Yeah. And then um, after that course was over, I was led into Eden Energy Medicine and um, started to want to also incorporate that with horses. My goal is my gift back to Chico is always to serve horses. That's why I always love riders, because even though I don't work per se physically on horses so much as, as I used to, um, I feel like through riders, I can reach the horse. And that's mm -hmm. my ultimate goal. I, well, I dedicate my practice every day to my horse. So 
we all know that as riders, they always say that the horse is reflecting what we are carrying. So yes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And that's <laughs> what I learned when I started doing energy medicine and then more riders were coming in. That's what I could see is that the reason we need to do energy medicine on ourselves and the horse, but primarily on ourselves is because what we are carrying our animals carry for us. So mm-hmm. that was very interesting. And then my third teacher in there uh, was the gift of Lyme. And so in 2015, um, and I was not feeling well up until this point, that's why I didn't continue with um, Eden Energy Medicine is that I was diagnosed with Lyme. Mm. And that was a big, that continues to be um, a stellar teacher for me. And it kind of is um, landing it in the body to uh, really learn about energy um, in another manner. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was quite sick for a couple of years, but I never, I, I never missed one day of energy work. And what I noticed is that every day when I did energy work and actually went to my practitioner every week for a year, mm-hmm. um, I felt better than any other kind of um, sessions that I'd had, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be lymphatic massage or massage or whatever acupuncture, the energy medicine really made me feel better and I needed to keep up with it every day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, and so, but my horse, a career was kind of dwindling because I had two frozen shoulders. So I literally had one on that was in a 45 degree angle for a year. Oh, it was pretty hard. I remember that. Yeah. And then I, in 2017, my teacher brought two of the big instructors to Kamloops for our first year. So I audited again in energy medicine mm-hmm. and, and they accommodated me to do all these muscle tests and everything with these two frozen shoulders. But uh, <laughs> I made it through. I even graduated to second year and I finally could actually put my hands in this position to test the chakras, which was my big gift. Um, so <laughs> <Some> little things. <laughs> yeah. So through that, my practice of working with people started to um, develop, um, kept on working on myself, continue to this day, um, speak very um, positively and um, with confirmation that um, the this energy medicine program for your body is just one of the best things you can do. It gives you a platform of feeling strong and grounded. And if you think of that bozo, the clown that you banged around as a kid, or maybe some other thing that's on the moves when you were a little girl or a little boy mm-hmm. um, like those dashboard things, I think yeah, of, that, that you don't ground exactly. <laughs> that you're still, life is going to knock you off. That's one of the things that Lyme has taught me to be okay with is you're going to get bashed around. But I think when you have a practice, um, and especially the one that we teach in uh, our program, Mm -hmm. Girl Racer's Edge, is that you might get knocked off center, but you're not going to get knocked off as far or as long Mm -hmm. as somebody that doesn't have a practice. So it's you just t- learn for me, it's coming back to center, recognizing center. There's a really important piece, mm-hmm. recognizing mm-hmm. when I'm in balance, recognizing when I'm off and not going so far off balance each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no. And I didn't know that's a very valid point because I didn't know what center felt like for a very long time. Like it took a couple yeah. Yeah. years of probably even putting in the time and the work and slowing down a little bit to speed up 
till you could feel that. Cause if you don't know what you're aiming for. Exactly. <laughs> and the more you do it, it, it's really beautiful because the more you do it, the more tuned in you get, the more centered you become, the more centered your world becomes, mm-hmm. which is going to mm-hmm. reflect with your horses and your riding. Yeah, definitely. And a heightened awareness. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so grateful to, um, yeah, for you to work on me regularly. I know as a therapist, it's been, it's been huge in the work I've been able to do. And then it magnifies to more horses through that way too. Cause then I go out <laughs> and, um, and also as a rider, it's been such a gift. And of course, as a friend, it's been amazing to watch your journey. <laughs> yeah. You have so- seen the, the ups and the downs for sure. <laughs> Yes. Yes, I have. But it's so it's such a gift to be able to be working together now, even still. And and um, yeah, really excited about where we're taking it and all the work that we can bring over to the horses is so exciting. Yes. So exciting. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and sharing your story and and a high fly of those key lessons that you found Cause I think it's always so valuable when we can do that and hopefully maybe learn from others. And um, yeah. And I think that um, just on that last note about the lessons, I think that when we are frustrated with things that go wrong, um, like even in a run or mm-hmm. in life, um, just allow yourself to soften with it and don't fight it, but dive, allow yourself to dive deep into it because that's where the lesson lies. Mm-hmm. And it may not be one you chose. Certainly didn't choose Lyme, I didn't think, but <laughs> but the greatest lessons of my life are from Lyme. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today without having had that experience. So every one of those trips or any one time you do, you know, a face plant, so to speak, you know, pull yourself back up and think, oh my God, this is such a great teacher because that is your teacher. Whatever is sticking sticking right in front of your nose is bugging you or annoying you is your teacher at the moment. But the real stuff is right in your life, in your face right now. And it's always, it's, uh, it seems to be that it's always hardest to see it for yourself. Though, oh, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's with the community or like, you know, having good friends and people around you because it's usually you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's right exactly. there. But yeah, so true. Yeah. And I've uh, started to learn, I think, and they say when you can even embrace it with gratitude, those moments of frustration or perceived um, defeat. Um, but if you can actually perceive it as more of a lesson and embrace it with gratitude and thanks that it's likely what's going to project you towards your goals, you know, because I can be like, well, there's the goal and this is just in my way and it's just kind of annoying and can't it just go? (laughs) But instead, like you said, trying to look at it from a different view and, and how, what it's teaching you, because whatever it's teaching you must be important to get you to where you want to go. Yeah. And I think we talked about that before about reframing it, right? So Mm -hmm. it may not be that you have to like it or not, but you can reframe it. And I think that, you know, I think just to finish up on this and is that with uh, the turn for me in Lyme was when I used to go to my Lyme doctor, I was so worried that he was going to find something else. And I decided that I was going to show him how much health I had in my body. Mm. And so um, that's what I did. I just thought, 
it wasn't really for him. It was for me. To be able to be, okay, look, you stayed up an hour longer today. Mm-hmm. Not to dismiss the, you know, the difficulties that ill people uh, deal with, but that, you know, it seemed like the road was a little easier to walk on when I started to say, yeah, this is really bad today, but look how good this is. Mm-hmm. So just to shift it. And I think you can use that philosophy with just about anything. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's all about gratitude. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. I'm aware of your time. It's always so valuable. So thank you for spending it with us today. Good. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. It's conversations like the one we had today that inspired us to create the program that we now call the Barrel Racers Edge Experience. Doors will be opening this February 2022, and if you want to jump to the front of the line and be the first to find out when they do open, be sure to pop down to the show notes, and I'll leave you a link there. Have a great rest of your day, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy the process. Talk to you soon.